0: Hello. Hello.
1: You're listening to our podcast Strawberry Week.
0: I'm Hattie Young. I'm Bex Young. And Strawberry Week is a fortnightly conversation between two feminist best friends chatting about topical taboo areas affecting women.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to Strawberry Week. Thank you so much for listening to episode one, part one and part two. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about women's safety, but as the subject is so broad, we're going to have to focus it down. So we'll be talking about public sexual harassment.
0: I'm sure you all saw the statistic the other day that was doing the rounds on social media from The Guardian, which said that 97% of young women in the UK have been sexually harassed at some point in their lives. And I personally was not surprised. I don't think mm. Hattie was. I don't think anybody else no. he was. Um If anything, I was surprised it wasn't 100%. I don't know about you, Hats.
1: Yeah, yeah. And to be perfectly honest, it did cross my mind to think perhaps those women that were in the 3% don't really know what the definition of sexual harassment is.
0: Mm. So according to the Citizens Advice Bureau harassment generally is unwanted behaviour which you find offensive or which makes you feel intimidated or humiliated. It can happen on its own or it can happen alongside other forms of discrimination as well. So that's harassment generally but then sexual harassment is slightly different in the law and we'll get into that in a bit. But to start with as we do with our episodes we're going to talk briefly about our own experiences of sexual harassment of which there are many
1: yeah I mean one that stands out to me which isn't even per se something so traumatizing but it's something that stands out to me because it happened just so so basically I was on a run in I live in in the middle of the countryside as um you know a lot of people do in in the area that we live in and I was just on a run with my dog. And then these stupid kids like, I'm, I don't know, they probably were like 18 or something, drove past like four of them in the car, and just were like shouting at me and like wolf whistling me. And that was like, probably, yeah, that was around Christmas time. that I mean, that's happened multiple times. But I think it even stood out to me more now, because, um, as I've got older, obviously, you know, I'm more aware of, how wrong things really are, and it just made me think like I'm literally on a run with my dog in the middle of the day, and I'm getting this crap
0: yeah i th- I can definitely relate to that. um you know, I was saying to Hassie earlier, you kind of block out things that have happened to you until you see things in the news or until there's a massive discussion about it, and I've mm. had so many things come back to me, but also just comments, sexual comments that used to get shouted coming out of school in school uniform or out of sixth form, and you can clearly tell we're sixth form students that are going to be 16, 17, Mm. white white van men. There's a reason why we categorise white van men, Mm. which is really sad. But Mm. something that really sticks out for me was actually in a club. And this, I I suppose, could also be classed as sexual assault. And I was sat in a booth with some friends and we'd had to sit next to four slightly older men um, because there was nowhere else to sit. And they seemed nice enough, you know, polite enough initially. And we sat next to them and made, made general conversation. They explained they were teachers, a couple of them one was a PE teacher just, just talking about random things like that. Conversations started to get a bit more sexual especially as they started drinking more. We were three girls and one guy sat together so they were making comments about our appearance and all that, all that kind of stuff that I'm sure women listening would be very familiar with in a club situation and I was sat closest to the men and I felt a little bit trapped in and a bit uncomfortable because they were making comments about whether I was single or whether I wanted to get with them. And my male friend next to me, he instantly took on the role of my boyfriend, um, which I don't think they bought because we hadn't been very sort of acting like a couple before that. But I was just sort of like, oh, that's my boyfriend, which again is sad that you have to sort of pretend you've got a boyfriend to prevent sexual harassment. But anyway, the comments continued and it just got worse and worse. I was like, okay, I want to leave. But because I was stuck in the booth and because my three friends were in front of me, I had to obviously wait for them to get out. And I think these guys kind of saw that I was stuck at the back. And so they kept talking to me as my friends were leaving, saying things like, oh, give me a kiss before we go, you know, at least one kiss. And I was just kind of trying to ignore them. And because I was ignoring them, obviously they didn't like that sort of rejection. One of them actually leant over the table and grabbed me by the shoulders, brought me in towards him and just started kissing me forcibly. Couldn't get away because he's a lot stronger than me. And his friends were just laughing because to them it's just some sort of massive joke. And I couldn't, li- I couldn't leave, and they're just laughing and still making comments but as their friend was doing this, or like, oh, you must be enjoying it now, or whatever stupid comments. Eventually, I managed to push him off with a lot of force, like literally, elbowed his face, and that was the start of the night as well. So that was that was a good start. I went and told my friends, and to be honest, I don't think they were that overly surprised. Obviously, they were disgusted, but. Mm you know, because of the comments and things they had to be making continually, the, the harassing they had already initiated the whole time, they weren't overly surprised that he's overstepped the mark like that. But I was saying to Hattie earlier as well, the sad thing is I would not have felt comfortable telling the bouncers that because they probably would have looked to me, made an assumption about my top or whatever, and thought, oh, she's either asking for harassment because she looks a certain way or she's doled up. or And, um yeah I just sort of thought they're not going to take me seriously so I'll just get on with my night but yeah
1: yeah I think that's the issue isn't it it's so normalized to yeah not just to men but to women as well Mm. in the sense like you've just said you wouldn't it wouldn't crush your mind to go up to the bouncer because you just know that they they would do nothing for you yeah they probably just see it as like oh this happens all the time what would we do we'd have no one in no one in the club if we kicked up everyone out that did that yeah. um and that's really scary because it's that thing as well of people know that they can push the limits and then it's these people that will push it to you know even further because they they know they can mm-hmm. and you know that's that is so awful that what's happened to you and but like you've just said it's they just think they can get away with it and that it's just a joke.
0: Just laughing about it because yeah. it's, it's standard. Yeah, like you said, it's so normalised. I mean, I was having a group chat conversation about all this sort of stuff a couple of weeks ago and everyone in the group chat, which was just women, were saying that they can't think of a time they've been out to a club or a bar or whatever and not being touched inappropriately at the waist you know Mm. trying to move past you or slapped on the bum or on the shoulder any sort of unwanted touching yeah technically a sexual assault but probably wouldn't be considered sexual assault it's just just normalize you just accept that's that's probably going to happen to you on a night out
1: yeah yeah definitely and I mean, I've had a lot of conversations recently as well. It's almost disguised as like chivalry or like people being mm. a gentleman. Yeah. And like, oh, you know, we don't want to just barge past you. So we'll just slide you out of the way. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm not some little petite doll. Yeah. And then like, as soon as you kind of give something like that, I think, excuse, you're you're allowing the perpetrator to be able to do it and without asking the person that they're doing it to whether yeah. whether they feel comfortable whether they think it's okay and that's the trouble like throughout time that's just continuously happened and it's almost like as soon as you speak up about even even those uh, smaller kind of things you're just seen as like oh you're not being like appreciative of someone yeah. like being careful
0: like you should be you. grateful that you're being paid attention to we should be grateful that this man has Touched you or something, and it makes just traumatic. Or
1: yeah, and like no one knows what people have been through. You know, you might think it's all right and just a minor thing to like touch that woman on the waist as you're you're squeezing past her, but you don't know what's happened to her. I mean, a it's wrong anyway, but b like you know, some people don't want to be touched at all because of uh, a they just might not want to, but b something really traumatic might have happened to them. And someone touching them is like, you know, triggering those yeah. those traumatic experiences. And like, it's just thinking you can do whatever you want. And you don't know the effect that that's having on on the other person.
0: No. And most of the time, you just have to, or the receiver of of the act, we just have to grin and bear it, try and get on with it, avoid conflict or mm. not, look, not look stupid. Especially mm. within a group of people, because most of the time people aren't going out by themselves. They're with their friends as well. Mm. but yeah and this this obviously sexual harassment happens to to everyone it's not just women that it happens to but we are talking about women's safety on this podcast so we're going to be focusing on our own experiences of that and what what we know about it but just wanted to get that clear that we we are very aware that this affects everyone of all genders
1: yeah definitely
0: and of course so back to the law because this is quite interesting obviously sexual harassment is not illegal sexual assault and rape is illegal but it's often harassment unwanted behavior which can lead to sexual assault like Hattie you kind of alluded to earlier where is the line between things
1: I think there shouldn't there shouldn't be a line at all if that makes sense you know is people thinking is men thinking that women owe them something they should keep quiet because they owe men that and that whatever they do oh we didn't mean to we didn't realize Mm. I think that's always a massive excuse is that because it is so internalized which you know is a difficult one because it's the patriarchy it's it's the system that we live in it is internalizing people to think that they can get away with these things and that it's all right but equally you get to an age and you're pretty aware of what's right and wrong and if a woman which I'm sure I'm sure for most men a woman at some point will have turned around to them and said don't do that or like said no and and you were saying this earlier weren't you Bex how humans in general really find it difficult to accept the word
0: no. Yeah, for sure. Seems like rejection is a huge part of all of this and the inability to withstand rejection, particularly in a sexual context where one person is making a sexual advance to another and the other person isn't interested, it becomes like a very personal sort of offence almost rather than... Just kind of being like, I respect that person's decision not to want anything to do with me. Mm. It becomes kind of like a, well, I'm going to get angry at you for offending me. Mm. And then that can lead to other sort of acts of aggression and harassment as well. And that does particularly seem to be the case with sexual harassment from men to women. And again, like you were just saying, Hats, it is that patriarchal element of whether someone even knows that what they're doing is harassing someone because it's just like a learned behaviour or it's just a societal expectation. Mm. It sometimes can be without their knowledge because it's it's so normalised that that's just how men are to women and women have to wait to be approached or, yeah, men have to be the the people who make the approach on a night out or in the day or wherever it might be.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting you say that, actually, because I, I was having a conversation with some people that I know recently and a big thing that they were saying was that on a night out, if a woman wears, um, like, clothing that makes them feel, uh, you know, sexy... Like yeah, clothing. Couldn't actually say that one. Um, <laughs> and it, basically they were saying, oh, you know, they go out like that and if an ugly man comes up to them wants to speak to them, then it's not all right and they'll make a big deal out of it. But then, if a attractive man comes up to them, it's all right. No, it's just like there is so many things wrong with what you've just yeah, said. Yeah,
0: where do we unpack? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, and just for starters, it's just that thing of making an assumption of women in general wants a bloody game. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's the woman who is approached.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you're also not con- you're, you're you're homing in on women there, whereas men do that as well. There there are men that go out and w- want attractive women to come up to them that's just like a human thing yeah. that's not yeah. like something that should people should be penalized for also you're assuming that women go out of their way for men again
0: dressing for yeah. men to appeal to men
1: yeah when like women do those things for themselves as well and that's I'm not saying that there aren't some women that go on a night out and they want to you know get with someone or meet someone but that's perfectly normal thing to do and men do that as well and that's not yeah. to say that dressing in in certain clothing means that you should be blamed for doing something wrong there or that like if you if you want to say no to someone that you're not attracted to that that's wrong but and then going back to your point of Women can go up to men as well. I think people have this image in their head of like, it's like it's only men that go up to women on night out. And then someone, actually, a member of that group asked me, what would you say if if a man came up to you and asked you for a dance? And I'd say, well, if I wanted to dance with them, I would dance with them. But if I didn't...
0: It's literally that simple. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like,
1: you know. And then they said to me, would you ask a man for a dance? And I was like, yeah, I would.
0: Yeah. Thing is, though, a lot of women, myself included, Previously, like a few years ago, would not have dreamt to do mm. that. I would not dream to do that because we're taught as well that we have to wait for a man to approach. Or like, oh, I'm not going to ask him to be my boyfriend. He has to ask me. Yeah. And it or like the man has to propose to the woman if they're going to yeah. get engaged. It is. It all has that same pattern of man approaching woman and woman just waiting yeah. kind of thing. But no yeah I think me going out at the age of 18 I definitely wouldn't have approached a man really unless I was incredibly drunk yeah um, I would have, have just done it from like a natural confidence side of things I would have you know waited for them to come to me because that's kind of just what you yeah. do but now I would be the opposite yeah yeah but also what you were just saying is so concerning because it is that principle of she's asking mm. for it as well and what she wears yeah. um if you're dressed nicely yeah it must be for a man and you must be wanting sexual attention well what if I'm dressed like this for me and because I think I look yeah
1: and you feel good in those clothes (laughs) people can do things for themselves as well I think it's also that human human thing especially now with social media and things everyone's doing stuff for everybody else and for everybody else's like approval when actually you can do things for yourself it doesn't have to have a motive for anybody else
0: for sure. And you should be able to wear what you want and not feel like you're gonna worry about being approached sexually or being yeah. or something being being initiated if you don't want that happening. You know, it shouldn't just be an expectation that it's okay to do that because you're dressed a certain way. Yeah. I mean, so like you said about social media and stuff, even yesterday, so I've got a new clothing app that I'm selling some stuff on. I've heard of this happening with other women as well. This is whole other topic of safety on online spaces, but we won't get into that too much. But I I had a message from a man saying hi on this clothing app and my first thought was have I put up a picture of myself wearing the clothes like have I asked for this and even my sister the first thing that she said to me was are you putting up pictures of yourself wearing the clothes and then she instantly went not that makes a difference and not that that's a problem but you know he might have seen that and it's just kind of ingrained in us and I I actually hadn't he was just going off my profile picture which was not it was just my face I'm yeah, um, not revealing yeah. anyway I just replied saying do you want to buy something and I think he got the hint yeah. then that <laughs> he doesn't want to buy on my skirt but yeah I mean and I know that happens to lots of people those sort of websites and stuff but yeah I'm, I'm not asking to be approached sexually just because I've put up a picture of myself wearing a dress that I want to sell on a yeah that's app.
1: just like what the hell you can never even get away from it you're trying to sell your yeah, clothes. And
0: I haven't looked at the messages since, but I wonder if it has been like a, oh, well, I didn't mean anything. think why, you know, I was just being nice or whatever, which is kind of like a standard line that people hear, isn't it? I was yes. just being nice. Yeah.
1: And I think another another um, area as well in, in public sexual harassment is kind of local areas that you live in. And... This is kind of going back to um, part two of episode one, when we, we were talking to Ruby about how, you know, these things were happening in her local area. And it's mm. almost this thing of when you live in a more rural community, I think it's this naivety of kind of like false, false sense of security. And that because you live in a smaller, you know, town or something, that this doesn't go on and that it's not as big. But actually, especially recently with, you know, the, the wider conversation surrounding feminism... It is going on, and perhaps, Mm -hmm. may yeah, maybe because there's less people, it's not as um, prominent. But it's still there. And actually, um, we did a poll on our Instagram. Seventy nine percent of people said that they don't feel safe in their local area. Um, And actually, some of those places were towns and villages. Um, So you know, places where it was more rural. And it didn't shock me, but then I think, stereotypically, it, w- it would, because you think in a more rural area, pe- it's, it is safer. But actually, in a lot of cases, it's probably worse, because uh, there's less people about.
0: Yeah, I guess also you've got that small town mentality sometimes, Yeah which can be quite conducive to sexual harassment and that sort of thing. Because obviously, we're also, both of us, we're from a small area yeah. as well, and we've both had sexual harassment thrown at us over the years um like I said obviously coming out of sixth form so yeah it's not just something that's reserved for bigger cities with more people
1: yeah, so most of the time, I live in a rural area in in Cornwall, in a little town. Um, and I actually wrote an article on women feeling unsafe and un and vulnerable in walking alone at night in Cornwall. So I asked different women about their experiences and uh, women, you know, with different. Uh, jobs and come from different backgrounds and things and something one of them said really stood out to me and it said you could argue Cornwall can feel more unsafe because this is the kind of place if you screamed no one would hear you and I was like whoo that's pretty that is isn't it and i was just like several things happened to this woman because she lives kind of more on the outskirts of this town and you know Cornwall is beautiful it's got it's got amazing walks and especially at the moment, everyone's out for a flipping walk, aren't they? Because that's that's all there yeah. is to do. But unfortunately, um, actually in November of 2020, um, she wrote a Facebook post because like letting people know in her area of this like experience she'd had because to make, you know, to make people aware so that something bad didn't happen to them. But she basically said, people of this area. Today on my walk a girl ran past me around a corner and then a couple of minutes later ran back towards me. As she'd gone round the corner a man in a Land Rover had driven past her, rolled the window down and slowed watching her. He then pulled over in front of her. She turned around remembering she'd just passed me and we walked back the way way we came together for a few minutes until we were near a more built up area. It's not the first time i felt uncomfortable walking this route and at the moment the road is blocked off at one end so it's even more secluded i know a lot of people walk near here so please be careful i won't be give be going that way by myself again i've marked roughly where we turned around stay stay safe and f the patriarchy which i loved um, and then she put edit also don't be a creep <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> but yeah i
1: mean unlike this area that she's talking about yeah it's a beautiful walk and things and it's such a shame because that's this is the thing in cornwall people kind of have this is kind of partly why I wrote this article people think that you know it's a place where people go and visit for their relaxing holidays or or they move there for a more tranquil lifestyle but there is more to it than meets the eye and walking alone at night is still the same as everywhere else in the UK for women and um to be fair there was one woman who said that she'd gone down she'd recently moved to Falmouth she she was walking down this alleyway that she hadn't walked down before to go home and she said it was at night and there were these two groups of people um, at the end other end of the uh, the alleyway that she was walking towards to get to get home to her road mm. and she said she immediately felt nervous and felt like something really bad was going to happen and actually the group of people were really nice and they said good evening to her and she you know she walked past and she walked home but like the point is that, that she initially felt really scared And it it doesn't make a difference where you are. It doesn't make a difference if you're in beautiful like Cornwall where everything seems really relaxed. The point is still there. Yeah,
0: the fear is still there. We have, women especially, have that fear because of previous experiences as well. It's not just like a random, unfounded phobia. It's a valid fear because of previous harassment, which will have happened to every single one of us, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah, that story that you just said about the woman being scared to walk home at night because of being followed in, in that car or walking oh. home generally. That reminds me of a couple of times in my first year of university. And I probably won't say the city this was in, but it's a big city in the oh. UK. So I only decided to walk home by myself twice, basically, because on both occasions I was followed by a man in a car, a different man each time in a different car, down the same street, which was known as like the student high street. And obviously anybody who lived in the area would know that we had regular events on a couple of days of the week that students were walking in this area. So you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to know they were going to be underage girls walking yeah. on this road at night. Anyway, so I think it was about one o'clock in the morning both times. I was kind of halfway down the road. It was the same sort of place in the road as well, which makes me think, is there kind of like a group of men that talk about this and do this mm. together? But... Both men slowed down as I was walking. One of them actually stopped, got out of the car. I ran off. There was a group of people in front of me and I, I managed to join them and walk with them. And the car drove off quite quickly. Aww. Second time, the guy didn't get out the car, but he did roll down the window and said things to me like, get in. Like, do you want to have a good time? Like, he had this look on his face, which was almost like he was like trying to flirt but also be aggressive at the same at uh, that time I don't know why that one, um just seemed so much more sinister because he kept following me as I was walking there were people across the road so again I ran over and walked back with them um but I got home and the first thing I thought was I shouldn't have worn this top because I was wearing a, a long sleeve black mesh top with the a, like a black lacy bralette underneath and I loved I you said that yeah, all the time. I can remember, I remember. yeah, yeah. wear it all the time till I got a hole in it but I got home and I thought if I hadn't have worn this maybe maybe that wouldn't have happened maybe I should wear something else next time I didn't want to wear that outfit because I thought that I had brought that upon myself um the other time though I was wearing a jumper I was wearing a jumper so Mm. yeah I didn't have myself to blame for that one but um yeah those were really really scary times and I'm quite lucky especially with the guy who did get out of the car and then ran off when I went up to the group of guys and also I wonder if he would have run off if it was a group of girls in front of me rather than guys don't know Yeah. anyway that was yeah pretty scary
1: that instant thing isn't it of like oh what could I have done to change the situation that's just happened when actually there's so many things wrong in society to change so that those things don't happen but as in Mm. it's it's victim blaming again, you know, what can we... It's the things that we need to change to stop these perpetrators from doing these things. And yes. I do think a massive part of it is in the law. And you you were saying to me earlier, weren't you, Bex, that um, actually I, we wonder if they don't like prosecute these people or arrest them, because where would they put them all?
0: I know. Yeah, I feel like the courts would be absolutely inundated if there was a sexual harassment offence in and of itself i mean you can you can prosecute someone for sexual harassment under unlawful discrimination under the equality act 2010 so it's part of that offence but that that offence is not specifically unlawful discrimination is not specifically for sexual harassment it's for general discrimination for a protected characteristic as it's called in the law and so the, the equality act 2010 sets out the protected characteristics and these are age, disability, gender reassignment, race, religion or belief, sex or sexual orientation and if someone is harassing you and it's related to one of these protected characteristics even if the protected characteristic they're harassing you about is not relevant to you you know you're not a man but someone's harassing you for being a man or whatever it might be you can technically still file a claim against it. But yeah, sexual harassment itself is not an offence. There's a Harassment Act 1997, but under the Harassment Act, harassment has to be repeated. So you couldn't just say someone's harassing you sexually from one disgusting text. It would have to be multiple texts, for example. Right. But that's where the unlawful discrimination is quite good under the Equality Act because it can just be a one-off act as such. So
1: from a journalism kind of perspective, I mean, when I did that article, the amount of women that contacted me was just insane. Like, to be perfectly honest, because of the area that I was doing it on, I didn't think that many people would contact me or they wouldn't contact me with um, such negative experiences. Um, Yeah. But actually, the things that that they told me were really horrific and it it did kind of make make me think as well. Because in, in... in Devon and Cornwall combined, there's only two thousand nine hundred and fifty nine police officers, which you know for both counties is not a lot. And when you're in Cornwall, you really do notice the difference because even where we're from, you do notice that the police is uh, the police are there. Mm. But yeah, in 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 Cornwall, it's so it's really rare that you've seen a police officer. Like to be honest, I could probably count the amount of times that I've actually seen them in Cornwall and I asked I asked these women that you know do do you think that's kind of a reason why uh people keep getting away with it and some of them said yeah because um there was this one woman she spoke about experiences her 3 year old son was actually there yeah, yeah. um and she said he he hadn't seen a um a police officer until he was three. Yeah, right, mental and kind of said it's more the fact of a yeah because of the the law itself and b because the police are so underfunded. They can't afford mm. to be being in all these places. Troll. Yeah, yeah. And um, Truro is the only city in Cornwall. And this one lady who spoke about her experiences in in Truro, like there were multiple experiences she's ha- she had there. But she said even there in the city, um, there isn't still isn't very many police. I and mean, then it's kind of that thing of like, well, where do you go from there? Because if there's if the police who are meant to be there to keep you safe can't even afford to you know be there, then what? Where do you go as a woman? Because you know, however much we'd love it to, it's not going to change overnight in the sense of, of of men doing the right thing and not sexually harassing women when these things happen to you. Where do you go?
0: I don't know if anybody's listened to Women's Hour um, recently. But the former chief constable of Nottinghamshire Police Force, um, Susanna Fish, told Emma Barnett that she would actually struggle to report a crime related to sexual harassment or sexual assault because she wasn't sure that she would be taken seriously by the justice system and that she wouldn't have that much trust in receiving adequate support from the police as well. And she was a former chief constable. Wow. so that wasn't awfully encouraging. But it is interesting to look at the law, which looks good on paper, you know, it covers a whole lot of things, very broad. But realistically, so the Citizens Advice Bureau gives an example of sexual harassment, which it says you could have a claim for. It says, you're in the gym, and you're a woman. Whenever you work out here, The other male gym members tease you and make insulting comments. For example, it's better not to talk to you right now as it must be your time of the month again. You could have a claim for harassment related to sex. Now, in theory, the amount of times that's that's happened to people, it's so commonplace, so normalised, that people are not likely to go to the police or go and speak to a lawyer about Mm. that, even though technically that's an offence. So I think an important thing to mention here as well is that sexual harassment is is confounded by all these other protected characteristics that people might have. So if you are disabled and you're a woman, you're probably, statistically, you're more likely to be subjected to some sort of harassment anyway, which probably is going to be sexual on top of that. Same with women who have a certain religion or belief and maybe wear clothing related to their religion or belief. They're more likely to have comments and therefore more likely to receive sexual comments based on that as well, or people from different races. And there's different sort of intersectional layers to sexual harassment Mm. as well, Um, which isn't really taken account of sometimes, I think. I think women are just seen as this one sort of entity. Actually, there's lots of different reasons why a woman is being sexually Mm. harassed. And it often does relate to race or uh, what someone is wearing based on their culture.
1: Yeah. And um, I mean, I think feminism is exactly is so broad in itself as well there's so many different dimensions to feminism and like you've just said there's so many different reasons why men will sexually harass a woman and the list is probably endless but ultimately if if that if there's not something in place in the first place like going back to a previous point they will keep pushing the limits And I think it gets even worse, you know, like we're white in that in itself, we have privilege because we are white. Mm. And if people are sexually harassing people because of their race as well, that's a whole different level again. And but ultimately, if there's if there's not something in place for these men to be accountable for those actions, where exactly where will this end? And this is the thing is, again, they keep they keep pushing the limits until something, you know, and then men will go as go as far as rape, and then even killing someone mm. because they've mm. just got away with it, got away with it, got away with it. And, with it. and it, uh, what's that phrase? It's called gate, gateway crimes, isn't it? Well, they'll get mm. away with one thing, um, some a sexual act, and then they'll just keep going. And if they're those type of men anyway, as well, you know, they'll just keep going until they get to that point that they eventually want yeah. to reach anyway. And then people are like, yeah. oh. Didn't they see that coming? Like the Sarah Everard case and the, the man that killed her. Mm.
0: Just thinking about that. You
1: know, like, oh, and then the police are so shocked. Oh, you know, we're outraged. He was one of our own. Mate.
0: Yeah, well, he yeah. also recently exposed himself. Yeah. Take it seriously. Yeah, you're so right on that. And I think, overwhelmingly, people who rape people who sexually assault people like you say there's a pattern to it often they'll have lesser offenses beforehand they'll go to prison for a bit they'll come out or maybe they won't be incriminated for it but and so they'll keep doing it it leads into this pattern of behavior which yeah progresses onto other things and there's so many tragic stories of men who go on to rape or sexually assault or murder women um and you just think okay well what about the 10 other times that they indecently exposed themselves they did this you know they had you they're giving you hints Mm. there that they're dangerous and more often than not yeah it's not taken seriously by the criminal justice system and you almost have to have a system of preventative justice I think for sexual offenses because there is that certain mindset that people have to sexually harass someone it's that power thing that control thing and that power thing control thing is what motivates people to commit mm. the more serious not that they're all mm. serious um sexual offenses mm. ultimately and yeah you have to really hammer it in as soon as possible mm.
1: do you know what gets me as well is you know um uh, uh when when a, uh in a domestic abusive relationship there's always those people that, especially in in the law system, I think, where people will automatically be like, "Well, didn't you notice the red flags? Why didn't you leave when they first yeah. um, did something or first abused you?" But then, when it comes to these men uh, that have done, have done, you know, have done these gateway crimes, no one's, no one's like, they don't see that in themselves, you know. They're not like, oh, well, there are red flags there, but they'll easily ignore them. And then there's no victim blaming mm. there, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, uh, in in again, back to the Sarah Everard case where it, um, it was a police officer, which has happened so many times. There's still no blame. They've still not taken blame in the sense of because he was reported previously. Um you know, there, there wasn't that blame there. Was there to be like, oh, we should have noticed the red flags?
0: Because it seems so obvious that you need to take further action, but it's just not yeah. done. And um, it makes me think of the Holly Gazard case. There's a few apps that I've seen, especially in the last few weeks, with the talk around women's safety in the streets. Um, there's a few apps that are available for uh, women especially to feel safer. And one of them is the Hollyguard app, which was um created as part of the Holly Gazard Trust. And Holly Gazard was 20 years old when she was killed by her former boyfriend. Um, She's broken up with him after months of obsession and jealousy and harassment and she had and she had actually reported him numerous times to the police, but wasn't taken seriously. And there there's been multiple other cases where that's happened, um particularly domestic abuse cases and yeah i think i think the culture is changing with the talk around uh sexual harassment and i hope it is so if anybody wants to use that app to feel safer it's called hollyguard and it basically turns your phone into like a protective sort of personal safety device so it has an alarm on it you can record evidence on it and you can alert emergency services um you can download it on the app store
1: one thing i, da- I wanted to say on this episode as well because recently you know I think it's probably the same for a lot of women um I've had a lot of conversations recently with like friends and family and things people have come out with um some cases not so shocked but some cases I am really shocked and it Mm. kind of made it more clear to me why you know doing things like this podcast and and just having conversations in day-to-day life is like so important and not just for us women but you know men as well to have conversations with other men just about Mm -hmm. like you know again like internalized misogyny and men not really understanding why they're trying to change things and kind of like what's wrong with the things that they're doing and like you know if there are men listening that are like confused Um, in an area or aren't sure why we're like trying to talk about a specific topic or you know whatever it may be like please message us and we will happily Mm. have that conversation with you to try and make you understand because like women are not like talking about this and protesting for fun like these are like we are fighting for our rights here and as white male mm. men you don't know what it's like to fight for your gender or for your race because the system is mm. made for you and that kind of the fact that you don't get it kind of homes makes the point even stronger because for you're sure. just not understanding because you've never had you've never had to worry about it
0: definitely I've also encountered that I think it's disheartening but at the same time it makes me more motivated to keep on with this and more passionate about it because even people that I thought would understand it and would be like oh okay this is making a bit more sense now I'm gonna have these conversations don't don't seem to be seem to be doing it yet and I just want to clarify as well that feminism is not anti-no I think it's a huge misconception feminism full stop is different for for every feminist there's different types of feminism there's radical feminism liberal feminism there's different types third wave second wave it means different things to different people intersectional it's it's different things for different people but it, it's always equality it's never women being better than men it's never hating men it's mm. it's always wanting quality of opportunity and equal rights it's it's accepting that human rights are women's rights. And the very fact that some men, like that we've spoken to in particular, don't understand the level of fear that women have just being out on the streets Mm. daytime as well Mm. as nighttime. um, You know, that's what we're talking about. And like you said, Hats, the reason why we're getting so frustrated now, it's not for show, it's not for fun. It's because we are exhausted. Mm. Because the also the other thing, I'm on a <laughs> roll. Now, but really the emotional labor of this mm. stuff is always on women, nearly mm. always. It's the explaining countlessly time and time again to just have comments like, "Oh, well, male violence to to other males is so much higher." And it's like, "That's a different issue." And we're talking about male violence for both mm. cases. Like, we're talking about the same thing mm. here. We all want to be safe from violent mm. men and violent mm. women. Um it's the freedom from that violence. And until people realise we're all on the same page here, we all want to live in a a society which is equal for everyone and where everyone feels yeah. safe. And tackling that means tackling the patriarchy. Yeah. For some reason, some men think that that's an attack on them. And it's not. It's an attack on the bad yeah. guys. Yeah. And the bad guys are women as well mm. sometimes because patriarchy is ingrained in all mm. of us. It's not an attack on men. Mm. Thanks for listening to my TED talk. I had
1: to get that out. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and like, also, a lot of things that have been said to me recently as well is like, oh, yeah, but there are some women that do this, but there are some women that do that. And like... The point of feminism isn't to say that everyone is exactly the same. Everyone, of course, mm. genders, races, we all have differences, but the point is that those differences are equal no matter what they are. And it's not to yeah. say that some women, exactly, they don't want to abide by kind of like traditional values and, um, and want to be housewives or or want to, um, you know, have, have like the title of Mrs. Whatever it is. The whole point is that people should have a choice and people shouldn't be yeah. um be penalized for their gender and yeah. that's the point and like exactly it is an attack on men and i think it's it's almost an easy get out for men to kind of have that um
0: yeah. it's like absolving responsibility yeah. by going completely off topic
1: yeah and um You know, also another thing is like people taking the piss out of feminism as well, and like again, it's going to the back to the point. It's not a joke, and it's the fact that you can joke about it really hits home your privilege. And it's feminism is not. It might be a joke to you, but it's actually it's there. Feminism is here to give people basic human rights.
0: To save lives, it will it will save lives if women have a quality of access opportunity and the right to live freely without fear of sexual assault harassment you're gonna you're gonna save yeah. lives
1: yeah and it's so easy for you to sit there behind your phone and make jokes about it and make jokes about people who are talking about it or like you know oh why are they sharing that? There's so much and all those kind of things
0: Yeah, just for attention or it's just Yeah.
1: But have you ever like sat and spoke to a woman about the awful experiences she's had? Have you ever stopped and actually thought why are they being why are they sharing this these things so much? Like what have they gone through? It's like again, what's the emotional labour of it? It's just it, it angers me so much to think that people think it's funny that people don't have rights and that people are unsafe and vulnerable. It's not funny.
0: No, and this is where education comes in because once people educate themselves on what feminism actually is and I think at some point because I'm studying law and gender and I've got lots of uh, good books that I'd love to recommend to people I'll put some up on our Instagram because we're not here to shame you for not knowing Mm. what it is we're here to encourage you to educate yourself on it because individuals are responsible for educating Mm. themselves on this Like I obviously used to be misogynistic in some ways i would put down other women or mentally for looking a certain way if they're on a night out because they're going to be asking for it or whatever because that's what we're taught Mm. it takes years of undoing no i'm not putting myself in this situation because of my top or that woman's not either that's a very sort of surface level example of of what i mean but it takes work it takes effort and like you said hats i think people are too quick to absolve themselves of the work and the effort because it takes so much unlearning of what people believe mm. already. But it's so important. It's so important. It's not a trend. Yeah, it's not just for fun. It's
1: human rights. Yeah, one guy when I was I um, put a post on a Facebook group um, to kind of like call out to women for that article, and this guy was like, "Oh, it's just going to be, um, it's just going to be until the next fad." and, like, called it a fad, and I was, like, and, like, and, ref, um, oh, wow, and right. referred to, like, the BLM protests as well as a fad, and I was, like... Yeah,
0: right. human
1: rights are just a fad, yeah. People fighting it's for their lives are just a fad. Yeah, nice one, Nate.
0: Ben, perfect example of someone who's just uneducated about it. If they'd read a couple of books, they'd realise that women have been fighting for their rights for hundreds of years. Oh. Women's, women have been dying for their rights for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's it just needs education and like we said in our previous episode as well we really need to enforce that in schools I think early on so the emotional labor isn't left to adult women yeah it should be in the curriculum you know bish bash bosh it's there from the age of I don't know maybe 10 11 even earlier perhaps with basic concepts of consent I think they actually do in primary school at the moment basic concepts of consent that are non-sexual. Mm. But, you know, it needs to be more than just one PSHE lesson every now and then. It needs to be part of the school ethos curriculum. Because it isn't up to women who've been abused or harassed to come out, talk about their trauma, talk about all this stuff over and over again to get people mm. to listen. And I mean it is it is traumatic to talk about mm. it all the time. I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and I was going through all the things that I could think of off the top of my head that have happened to just me, harassment or assault wise. And he just sat there gobsmacked. He was like, I don't, it breaks my heart that you can reel all of that off your head. And I said, I could say so much more if you gave me like half an hour, I could come out with so much more, but just instantly just there. And he said, I don't have anything in my brain straight away that I can pull related to, fear of sexual harassment or assault in public like that I have nothing to talk about Mm -hmm. like that and you have so much straight away and I was like it's not just me it's every Mm -hmm. other woman but it is you know he's my boyfriend and we obviously he's my best friend and we speak all the time about everything Mm -hmm. like this but he still was naive to the level of it and I think women don't be afraid to speak to your boyfriends about it and boyfriends don't be afraid to ask obviously if your girlfriend is comfortable with talking about it with you but it is an important conversation to have and then people's partners can you know talk to their friends and that takes the burden off women then because the men close to us are having those conversations that we're just fed up of having this has been a really ranty episode and I've needed it you know
1: yeah well thank you so much for um listening to our our episode 2 part 1 um yeah it has been very therapeutic once again and we love these yeah actions. we do and you know again if we want women to message us about their experiences and you know or or their opinions like please message us again we can keep you anonymous but also to um men out there or women who are confused about any of the topics that we've talked about or want more clarification or you know whatever it is or whether it's another topic that they've seen on social media that they're kind of unsure about or or um, just, you know, want to talk about kind of further understand maybe or whatever it is, then like, please message us as well. Because, you know, like Beck said, feminism is not here to divide women and men. It's to it's to allow people to be equal and to understand each other's um, differences and uh, experiences. And yeah, so please message us on our Instagram page at Strawberry Week Podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you for listening. It's been another slightly heavy one. But it's such an important thing to talk about. And like Hat said, I'm sure there's lots of you who will relate to things that we've said. So please do message us. We can't wait for you to listen to part two of this episode as well. We'll be having a very special guest on to talk with us about the topic of women's safety in public spaces. So it's going to be a good one. So please do tune in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.